0: Hey, Hardcourt Honey listeners, got another episode coming at you this week. As always, we have Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson standing strong by her opinions. And me, TJ, your moderator, just trying to keep us on course. Um, This week, our guest we have is Alex that's going to be going head to head with Jade with his takes. How's it going, Alex?
1: Good. How are you both doing today?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Before we start, do you have anything to plug for fans to look out from you?
1: uh got an article dropping sometime hopefully in the next couple of days for Hoops Habit about the Knicks coaching candidates and my thoughts on it that's okay. about it
0: awesome we'll have to, jade we'll have to uh, tell chaka to check that one out
2: It's an article you can write like every 6 months to a year right so
0: yeah <laughs> okay then so this week topic today's episode is going to be about like the playoff bubble situation now everything is set um, we're going to talk about the health steps the league is going to be doing, um, players opting out, what are the teams are going to be planning on doing to combat that, um, and then just also a bunch of other random side stuff that we always do and love. So, start this off. Jade, uh, do you approve of the, the way that they set it up, where it's the eight games, and then it's the play-in, and then the regular playoff setup?
2: Yeah, I think it was kind of the only way... They, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. It probably wasn't the only way they could have done it, but I think it was a fair way to do it for everyone. Um, it's interesting. It's still interesting to me that the Trailblazers are still showing up, even though they didn't want to go. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how much they actually play. And the, my only concern with it now is that as I'm starting to see the way things are shaking out, I don't know how competitive – it's going to be for the
0: seeding games. You, okay. You don't you don't see an intensity for those seeding games.
2: I, yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be there. I think it, it for the only ones it might be there for is those teams that are trying to make that eighth spot in the West. Like
0: Memphis Pelican. Um, yeah. Who else is there? I Phoenix. Think, okay, I don't know why Phoenix maybe. is there.
2: I don't know why phoenix is there either well i guess they picked six games right anybody that was six games back
0: okay gotcha even portland i'm a little meh with um alex same question with you like do you like the formatting the creativity that the league did with it all
1: i do i like the formatting uh i think it was a good way to kind of get majority of the teams happy 22 teams you have the eight games you're giving the chances for like Portland, Memphis, and the Pelicans to kind of sort it all out and see who's going to get the A seed. Really, I feel like it's just a way for the NBA to try to get Zion in there just so they they can boost ratings. That's really what it's all about. But I like the way that's formatted. I think, as as Jade said, the East is not really like you got the Wizards, but they're not. Uh, it's kind of like why are we why are we here <laughs> kind of situation yep. with the Wizards. Um, <laughs> But essentially, yeah, you're just trying to get everyone on board. And I think it was the best way. You didn't want to bring everyone back because you have teams that are just not going to be in the playoffs whatsoever. And I don't think the money aspect just to get everyone back is fine. I think 22 is the right number. And it also helps them get back into, like, a rhythm and everything before you go straight into playoffs, especially being off for, what, three to four months. So you need to yep, along those lines.
0: Not even being able to get a proper workout in to begin with. Yeah. Um,
2: Kind of a side note to that. I saw a tweet yesterday. I'm trying to remember what the source was, but I do remember looking at it and it was credible. Apparently some of the teams that were not invited to the bubble are angling to play televised games in their own markets. I don't really understand why.
0: That I think is a little unnecessary because if we're trying to find ways to combat this COVID thing and then we're doing unnecessary... These playoff games are quote-unquote necessary. They're essential. The teams that didn't make the playoffs, they're non-essential workers. They're non-essentials.
2: So, yeah, it seems odd because there's nothing to gain, and it's defeating the purpose of putting the teams that are going through the playoff decisions, the seeding, and trying to make it into the playoffs. It defeats the purpose of putting them in a bubble. So, I I don't know. I I have a feeling the league's not going to go for that.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's my that's my issue with I don't I don't think the league is going to be understanding being like, being like these are worse than exhibition games these are worse than preseason games like there's no point for these so it starts on July 30th and then it goes till August 14th and it looks like as I looked I had looked through the schedule it's going to be an average of four to six games a day. Starting at noon for some of the days. Alex, how do you like the idea of getting a bunch of games done in one day, where it's just pretty much oh, like an AAU tournament style? In the fact where, okay, one game's done, okay, the next team has the next court, in a couple hours, how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, from a uh, fan's perspective, I love it just because it's gonna be back to back to back games, and it's just you just leave it on, you just leave your TV on. If you're a hoops fan, you just catch every single game. You. We've been without sports for so long, so it's kind of just, like, getting that craving all in at once. I like it. Um, I don't know how it's going to necessarily play out for all the teams. Like, is it one court, or is there, like, multiple arenas going back? I think there's a couple
0: courts. I think there might be, like, two or three, because I know in between each game, there is a four-hour deep cleaning of everything there. So that is one thing I do know with it.
2: So if but, there's four hours between games, even if they're going to do up to six games a day, you got to figure yeah. there's got to be three or four courts.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. That's what's going to be going down with it so far. So right now league also came out with, uh, it's restrictions on what it's going to be. The health code for pretty much everything. 113 page document. Jade, do you think that was too little? <laughs>
2: uh, I'm going to go. no, <laughs> Unless they did it in, like, a 34-point font. <laughs> 34. <laughs> I feel like 113 pages probably was pretty conscientious, and I would expect nothing less of Adam Silver anyways. I feel pretty confident that he's covered all the angles, and I've been having this conversation with some of my the people I interact with regularly on Twitter. They're very concerned about COVID getting into the bubble because... The workers around the NBA players aren't going to be staying there, right? The chefs and the people cleaning the rooms and all the support staff. And I said, he's like, it seems really unlikely that they're going to be able to keep it out. And I said, I don't don't think it's unlikely that it gets in. I think it's a certainty. Someone is going to bring COVID into the bubble. That was an assumption. And I mean, not just the players that have tested for it as they're arriving. I mean, after that, I think in order for the plan to have been enough, it had to have been built on the idea that there are going to be people coming in that are positive. And so whatever distancing measures there are between the support staff and the players is what's gonna address that. The idea that they were gonna be able to keep it out from the people that do have to leave to go home to their families, not it wasn't plausible to me before the spike happened in Florida. It's certainly not plausible now. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why we saw so few players opt out, even like they have the same information we have, probably more. They know what the numbers have been like in Florida over the past week, week and a half, and they're still going. Mm -hmm. So when I think about it that way, whatever's in that document has to have covered all those contingencies enough that the players are still saying, yeah, I'm still going to go.
0: Speaking of teams and players going down to Florida and Orlando, so the league has Six phases that it's going to be going through to get before the starting of it all. First two phases are pretty much starting out of a staggering basis of players and team personnel uh, coming in. And then once they get there, they have to get tested twice for coronavirus and has to be 24 hours apart. So just to make sure with it all. That, That point was interesting to me
2: because... When when Ontario, where I live, started reporting all the numbers daily, for weeks and weeks we saw the numbers going up, 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 up of active cases and no resolved cases. And the reason for that was they were doing that same testing protocol where you had to t- test positive twice, 24 hours apart, before you were considered resolved. Um, but eventually they changed that because they found that Months down the road, you're going to be able to test positive, even though you're no longer contagious and you no longer have symptoms because that's how viruses work. So that jumped out to me a little bit. I'm not sure how effective that protocol is going to be, um, because I think they're going to find that it's going to be a much longer period of time or they're not going to have two tests negative back to back in time for a person to play maybe at
0: all. The spike, yeah, it throws a whole other wrench into it. So some things that the league has, um, since the player's going to need stuff to do, some of the things that the league is like, okay, we'll allow you to do, but here's the, how you're going to do it. So video games, but two things, the two catches are for it, there has to be physical distance, and then there's also no headsets and no sharing of controllers. There's ping pong, um, but... The table surface and the paddles have to be deep clean before anyone touches it. And you can't play doubles. So, screw Ultimate Duos. So, no Paul George and Kawhi Leonard versus LeBron James and AD in ping pong (laughs) tournaments. Um, Golfing is still allowed, guys. Uh, Just no caddies and you can't share equipment. And uh, there is a hotline for players if they want to snitch. I know we mentioned that before. Um, Disney staff is gone they're not able to be there um so yeah those are just a little things uh that's going on you can't they don't have showers on site so they have to wait till they get back to their hotel room before they can shower off and everyone (laughs) has to be wearing face masks when around people that's just uh expectation with it all okay Going on to a question that I have for you guys. So with the players opting out right now, Alex, how as a team, how do you get yourself prepared like that? Because just unexpectedly, say like how Avery Bradley for the Lakers decided to step down. How do you replace a player like that? How do you respond?
1: I think it's a next man up situation and you try to... You know, find someone maybe off of waivers who's been cut recently from you know one of the teams before the start of the or restart of the regular season and then playoffs. Uh, it's more gonna be, it's going to be the next man up for the most part. So anyone who's been. Practicing, has been with the team. They already know the system. They already know what's in place. And you're going to have to get someone who can contribute from that way. And I think the issue with that, though, is that that's where you start getting the asterisk comment. Though, is like, is this going to be like a true like, you know, say if like the Lakers don't make it because of Avery Bradley and don't win the championship. Not saying that he's like the main factor, but he's a key contributor. He's a defensive specialist. He helps you start saying, well, let's say it's the Bucks and the Lakers, Giannis and everyone else winning. Do you say, hey, well, they didn't have Bradley because he chose his health over playing, and I think that's where you're going to start to get questions about the need for these players.
0: Side question on that asterisk part. So we've discussed it on past episodes, but i got to ask, whoever wins the title this year, is there an asterisk by them winning? Or is it still, they won, they won, there's no difference between it all
1: that's tough it's so great because you're there's so much nuance that goes into that it depends on the teams that get there and who's missing and as well as like what type of contributors that you have right so it's like if if you said Giannis and LeBron decide to like step off and you have say someone like the Sixers come out of nowhere and just win there's probably gonna be big questions being like well were they actually playing like full strength is this actually a win and as much as Philly fans would be happy to get that win, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be an asterisk kind of towards it. But if you have, uh, say, the Bucks and the Lakers, and you have the Clippers and everyone else who's full strength, and you have, you know, you, I know you have, like, Willie Colley-Stein, who's not going to be playing for the Mavericks, for that, you know, you start questioning, like, well, were they ever really a contender to begin with? And then it's just kind of like, it, it's so it's so team-specific and it's so player-specific that it's very hard to put that asterisk. It, it all depends on the team that we see at the end, who's missing, and if there's any other causes. Like, is there an injury? Did someone get tested down the line? That's another thing. Like, when you start playing, imagine like you're into the playoffs and you get Giannis or LeBron who are just like, they got COVID and now you're playing without those guys. And then that's really going to be the asterisk. I feel like it's like, well, what's going to happen? We couldn't have LeBron. What's, what's going to happen? How is this even fair? You're going against Giannis or whoever? It's, I think it could be, but so it's so great. It all depends.
2: Could be is a good point. So I pulled up the full list of players that opted out. We already mentioned a couple. So Trevor Ariza for the Blazers, uh, Davis Bertrands for the Wizards, Avery Bradley for the Lakers, Willie Colley-Stein for the Mavericks, and DeMarcus Cousins, who's a free agent anyways. So that's the whole list. So everybody else is going to the bubble from those 22 teams. At least they're showing up. Um, Whether or not they contract it after, like Alex was saying, that's a whole other thing that we won't know until we know um but for me based on the players just that opted not to go at all assuming that we don't lose anybody else to contracting COVID after the start of play I don't see a huge asterisk there um the Blazers were playoff fodder the Wizards are playoff fodder uh Mavericks, I would say maybe could get through the first round, but I don't see them going farther than that this year. So really the only the only kind of weighty opt out right now is Avery Bradley for the Lakers. and I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Lakers can absorb that and I feel like they signed somebody already
0: there there there's the idea of mulling around j.r. Smith. That's it. That's right That's now it. there's that idea with it but right now i there's some hesitancy with it because there is a video that i saw online of him beating the living daylights out of some guy that was busting down windows of cars yeah okay. yeah like just totally guy was vandalizing cars and then he hit up jr's car i guess or something like that and yeah jr just took him down and kicked him and then friends had to yeah it was
1: crazy
2: they can't
1: crazy. buy him now. I think that Not was,
2: on the team LeBron plays for.
1: That was before, though, all this, right? That was that before it before was even during, uh,
0: Yeah, it was before everything like that, but it's being resurfaced again with it because Lakers are thinking of signing him. Which, that day earlier, he was actually caught biking with LeBron James and I think some other person. Like, they were biking through Los Angeles. So, who knows with that? Going back, thinking of players that are opting out, say players that are getting sick. So there's a star player like Jokic, they're getting sick now. Alex, is the re- league risking it a little bit too much, getting these star players sick?
1: I think there's, I think health is always the biggest, you know, priority when it comes to this. But at the same time, like who who was it? Um, Utah Jazz center, I think it was Ed Davis. Uh, he, he was he was interviewed for. Type and I think the the thing with the risk there is a risk of getting these star players uh sick and I don't think you could say hey I don't think the league should be the one saying no we can't do this I think it has to be the players themselves that's what I like that Am Silver is allowing or the league is allowing it's like if you guys want to sit out you'll you can sit out it's fine you no concern I think it's up to the players themselves to make that decision um And just going back to what I was saying about Ed Davis, Ed Davis put in a piece where it's just, you know, bringing the league back. It's there's guys who don't make the same amount of money as Kyrie, as LeBron, as Kevin Durant. And for them, this is generational wealth that we're talking about. And even on a vet, even on a player minimum based on your years, right? If you're making two million, right? Depending on where you live, that gets taxed, right? Um and you're not really making all that much even if you like depending on your lifestyle this all depend on the lifestyle where you live etc but for some of these guys this is their key this is what they need in order to make a living and i think that you can't tell you can't have the league say no and just only protect the star players and everyone else because what there's if we do like if we look at the all-star right there's 30 players but there's 450 players in total So we got a majority of guys who are not going to be all-stars or who are probably fringe all-stars or all-NBA. And then you got your average role players. You have your rookies and everyone else who just is there to fill a roster and help them practice. And they need to make some sort of living. They can't just totally wipe this all off just to protect the stars. You can give the stars their freedom to say, I don't want to go. But I don't think the league itself should impose everyone else if they're willing to take that risk. Because I think that's your own decision, not uh, an organizational decision. And I think but the organization, which they are doing, has to be accommodating to those type of situations. Well put. Wow. Well put. I
2: I feel like Alex has either been, like, really paying attention to my Twitter or had a bug in my house this week, because (laughs) that's almost exactly the conversations that I've been having all over the place with my other crew from my other podcast, on Twitter, with my roommate. Like... that's what I said. Like, I think everybody of course has a right to their opinion, but I have certain situations where I say, does my opinion really matter? And this is one of those ones for me where if the players who are, are the ones at risk are like, yeah, we're going to go. Who am I from my couch to say the league should have shut down? Like that to me is, is silly. It's not a stance that I would ever take. The other thing that's important to remember is COVID-19 is not a big threat for these guys. They are young and extremely healthy. Like, for them, it's like a flu. Like, even some of the guys that have had it and talked about their symptoms, they're not, they're not at risk of dying from it. So in terms of people who are at risk, this is a group of people that are in the lowest risk of anybody on the planet, young, healthy athletes. So them getting sick, not to take anything away from how serious COVID is, but the statistics show that it's a lot more serious for older people and people who have immune deficiency, which are boxes that NBA players generally do not tick. So there's that to keep in mind as
0: well. Dr. Johnson giving her, giving her takes right there. Um, but okay, speaking of players getting testing positive with it, say a, a player actually does get tested and they are positive. Does that change their mentality though with it, Jade? You can't really judge it until you have it, really. No, I think it's going to affect their mentality a bit.
2: And I think we're going to find out what teams and what players are mentally tough because that's the only thing that you, you really can rely on to get over it, right? If you've started playing, you're out for two weeks and you're able to rejoin the team depending on how early. So let's say you get there, you're fine, you contract it. You've now got two weeks in quarantine. After that two weeks, you're able to start playing again. I mean, I kind of feel like it's like any other injury at that point, right? The players deal with this in the course of a regular season anyways. You get injured, you have to sit out. And something that might even be better about this, if they get COVID, they know exactly how long they have to sit out. A lot of other injuries, it's indefinite they don't know until they can judge the progress on their recovery. At least with this, they they have an exact date of, this is when I'm going to be able to be back. I think that will make it easier to prepare for than a regular injury that they might sustain during play.
0: Do you uh, agree with that there, Alex, or with how players might be treating it, uh, how their thoughts might be if they get test positive?
1: I agree. I think the other thing to add to it, though, is that with the with the sickness right um one it always changes once you have it as jade said like uh, it, it's just it's, it's like you think like ah, uh, you can shove it off like uh, i don't if you're not experiencing it no one's gonna you're not gonna have like the understanding and the wherewithal of like how you should be treating yourself how serious the virus is but i think with a player getting sick uh, the one thing that i guess would be something to be aware of is how is it going to impact them like coming back how is it going to come back forward because if you have it you can't come back and play then you're I feel like you're done for the season because we don't know how long it stays in the body even though you may have it so that's the bigger impact with the players
0: it's the yes you don't have it but at the same time you do because you had it so you're still kind of on a questionable level with things I feel like with it all one thing that the players are going to have to deal with with all of this is they're going to be getting a pay cut. As as you were mentioning, Alex, before about some of these players where like they have to opt in just because it's a paycheck and stuff, how does this pay, pay cut going to affect just entire teams in general? What will teams have to modify with themselves with it all?
1: That's a good question. I don't really know how the in depth of like how much the pay cut's going to like i know it's going to affect the salary cap right because you're losing you're losing ad you're losing ad revenue you're losing tv money for the most part you're losing your ticket sales you're losing vendor costs so there's going to have to be some sort of reduction in how the cap works i think the way the league comes back from this is starting to just you know play as many games like what they're doing right now you just have as many games you're going on uh you try to figure out like you try to negotiate with players seeing who's able to take that type of cut or if they can re like structure some contracts you're trying to figure out where else you start trying to get creative like how else do you start to advertise how else to sell to mitigate the losses i don't necessarily have the answers to how you're going to mitigate all the losses but i see adam silver just trying to be creative whenever that time comes
0: okay at what point jay does the league cancel the season how many positive tests will it take to be like Adam Silver to be like, nope, this it's too dangerous now for players and the league itself? What would it take?
2: That's a hard question. Again, if Adam Silver is basing parts of his decision-making on understanding that the risk to the players is, is fairly low for COVID as far as getting seriously ill, I feel like it's a higher number than most people will think. I've already had people... Um, Somebody on my on the Raptors Cream podcast, when we, we recorded last week, she was like, I thought if there was one new positive case, that would be enough to shut it down. And I'm a little bit shocked that it's not like that. I'm not at all shocked. I think Adam Silver is operating on the understanding that our new reality is that COVID is not going anywhere. And so I think it would have to be considerable, definitely not less than 10. all right but I think it's 302 players. And 16 tested positive when they showed up. Um, And I think he's confident in the measures that they put in place. After those 16 players are cleared, I I feel like the idea is a hope that the distancing measures that they put in place for the players between each other, but also if those measures are in place between the players, so like you were talking about the ping pong, you can't play doubles, right? Those players are still going to be playing basketball. Right. They're going to be in contact with each other.
0: Breathing on each other.
2: If they're not allowed to play ping pong together when they're not playing basketball, there's no way the players are getting close to other people that have to come and go for the other jobs that have to happen. Right. They already said they're limiting the Disney staff. It's only it's going to be minimal support staff. So I think Adam Silver is probably confident that they have looked at it from enough angles and put enough precautions in place that they're not going to have to shut down. He, I think he made the statement because you have to make that statement and say, of course, we're going to shut down if it gets too bad. My thought would be that he's confident that that's not going to be necessary.
0: Okay. Is there an idea of it moving somewhere else if Florida is too dangerous,
1: Alex? I think they discussed Vegas being the other alternative, right, initially in the <laughs> beginning? But I think the concern with that would be everyone just gambling <laughs> and just doing whatever, or just like the temptation of Vegas.
0: They'd lose control of Charles Barkley.
1: <laughs> James with... Harden, too. James Harden. I was about to say, James Harden <laughs> just would be gone. He'd be AWOL. You don't even know. Rockets be like, wait, where- where's Harden? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I, think I think it's th- probably a little late in the game to think about moving it, too. Like, the teams are already in Florida.
0: So then would they cancel it altogether?
2: I think the entire idea of the bubble makes the fact that Florida is spiking irrelevant to the NBA. And that seems odd to say that, but it, like we said, it's a 113 page document. I think it doesn't actually matter. If it, if it was going to matter, the idea of a bubble doesn't work to begin with.
1: I think they already put in precautions to like make sure that no one comes in, right? With that 113 page document, obviously you can't cover everything that you that to be coming from every which angle but you have like enough of a foundation and a structure in place just trying to limit the amount of people that are coming in but i guess the question is like what is a lot and what's like the what's the reach what's the breaking point where you have to say we got to shut down the season we got to figure it out um as jada already said adam silver already like understands this is that the new normal it's not unrealistic that potentially if everyone will may get COVID at some point and we're just going to majority is just going to recover and also the athletes are you know on the lower end of just like concern with being sick as Jade already said you know there's always that concern for like that one exception or those few exceptions but I think for the most part they looked at the entire thing saying that you know we're going to have the season we know guys are probably going to get sick um, and we're going to have to just quickly remove them test everyone again and just see just watch for symptoms and we know that it's going to be like a slow burn just to see the symptoms come out but it's just going to be a lot of monitoring a lot of testing and i think for the nba they want this just because i think adam silver he's trying to do his best just trying to help both sides because if you allow the owners to tear up that uh the collective bargaining agreement with the force majeure clause, it's over the player empowerment you know, movement that we've been seeing—it just start has to go back. It's going to be taking two, three steps back, and it's going to be rough to even get them. They're right now sharing 50/50. You're just going to see owners like probably do like what 60/40, 70/30, and then athletes are not really making that much again. And their response would be, "Oh well, we gave you something to come back, and you said no, so why should I?" From a business owner's perspective, why should I give you the chance to stop my product again? This is an investment for both of us, and I can't, you know, you wouldn't want, it just wouldn't make financial sense. But once again, it's that's where Adam Silver is also looking out for the players saying, hey, like, we understand this is a major concern. We understand that you guys have your own priorities, and that's great. We want you to be, whether it's being active for the murder of George Floyd, whether it's protecting your families from COVID-19, he wants to give the players their opportunities to make those choices on their own rather than just impacting everybody else.
2: And I think the fact that 16 players tested positive showing up to the bubble is pretty telling because those 16 players have had to have contracted it in the last two to three weeks, right? Not in March when the NBA shut down. Since everybody has gone home and is supposed to have been in isolation, Uh, 16 players still picked it up. So coming into the bubble with all the rules, I think is going to be enough to keep it out, either very low within the player population of any more than those 16 getting it now that they're there, or possibly nobody, no players getting new cases of it.
0: Okay, right, so hypothetically, like I said, just hypothetically, what is more, ex- what would be more plausible, it being canceled or it being moved? Jade.
2: I think canceled at this point. I think it would. It's too big of an undertaking to try and move it now and still they have to redo when they're going to start they'd have to do another cheeks of isolation as everybody arrives like I think there are just too many moving parts to move it again it's it's do or die it's
0: Florida or or bust at this point okay I I see you nodding your head Alex so your your agreement with with Jade on this one
1: I am in agreement. Just thinking of like the logistics, like you have either two, three arenas right now in 40. That means you have to find another state or another location with another two, three arenas. And that's why Vegas would be the best because for summer league, they have those other gyms where players could go. On top of that, you have to think about the staff that's going to be moving again. You have to put them all in quarantine again before you start moving them as well. And then it's just, we got to stop. And then they have to come back and train and get ready to go back full blown action again and that's a lot we saw how long it took just to see i think the the difference would be that it wouldn't take three months again right we see what the we see what COVID is to this extent but we don't know whether it can mutate or what what can happen with the virus but i think for right now what we've seen it's it's more of a case as jade put it, it's just like the logistics is just too many moving pieces it's it's too tough to even like get all that you'd probably have to wait another month or two just to like even go do another relocation then you start interfering with like tv like schedulings whether it's like sitcoms just airtime overlapping with the nfl which they probably would not want to do if that if there's even an nfl season just because the nfl will just dominate and just take viewerships away from basketball yeah and it's just a lot of things going on it'd be too much to come back and just handle
0: I got so now we haven't really talked about the playing necessarily of the players. So I've always thought since these are going to be very intimate games of there's no fans and there's minimal media there. uh, Alex, do you see the players going more intense with things, kind of bringing back like a pickup ball kind of thing, or is it less? less I
1: I hope it's pick up ball, man. I really hope it's pickup ball. I wanna hear the swearing. I wanna hear Melo just back on the court be like, I got it and just like yep. just yelling Please at everybody, bat. just get out get out of the way and just like pass That's that's what I wanna hear. Like it'd just be so much fun just to hear what actually is going on the court. I'm sure uh people will probably be turned off by it at some point because it's probably gonna be a lot of swearing, a lot of yelling, a lot of arguing. But if you're like uh, if you love the game of basketball like like and you just love like even if you play pickup yourself I think everyone wants to hear like what is actually going on in the court mm-hmm. but you know was I, listen, I was listening to the NBA Ringer show and it was uh Chris Ryan and I think he did mention a moment like this where it's like there's no music going on for a second I think in one of the arenas and you just heard everyone and that's when he was like oh no no there's a reason why we have music it's because you don't want to hear some of them and so I'm looking forward to it because I think that I think everyday fans is just like you know like the, the NBA junkies just want to know, like, what are they all saying? We never get this experience, and this is going to be the first time to witness it.
0: I love it when, like, TNT and ESPN does, like, the players mic'd up and stuff. Oh, yes. That's one of my favorite things, see, with it all. Um, I
2: think they're going to have to... I think there's still going to be an element of music drowning out the players, though. Because, like, these games are happening in the afternoon, early in the evening. There are children watching even the agreement in terms of if you get fined for profanity it's not if you say something profane it's if you get caught on the broadcast right <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to have to be managing that somehow because there's no way these guys are going to be able to monitor themselves at that level that quickly like those kinds of changes if you have to, if you decide you're going to stop swearing that takes time it becomes an automatic, just part of your vocabulary, right? So, yeah. there's there's definitely gonna have to be some drowning out of
0: the conversations. Yeah, good thing, good thing Draymond Green didn't make the playoffs this year, or I also think. <laughs> oh man,
1: my God, that he'd be great.
0: gone. He'd be gone every single game. They'd be like, really? <laughs> it's five minutes into it. I, I, I'm sorry.
1: How uh, many texts uh, is it until you get uh, suspension? Was it six? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He he'd be suspended. If he was in the playoffs before the first end of the first round, (laughs) he'd be
2: suspended for game game. right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be too good with it all.
2: Oh, Draymond.
0: I love him, but at the same time, he's gotta shut up. (laughs) He's gotta shut up. I love. Okay, so I think we've kind of did a solid job at kind of breaking everything down with how we're picturing this bubble situation. And we swing over to Fast Break, where we got fast questions with even faster responses. Fast Break is going to be uh, presented by PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform, including eSports, that new stuff. And a company that leads in social wagering innovation Join Prop Me on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store. Sign up and join that movement. Start something new with it all. Okay, so, Jade, I will start off with you first. Do you see the players going stir-crazy or catching any cabin fever?
2: I mean, they've been in isolation for four months now. I feel like they should be
0: over it. But they're even even in tighter isolation now.
2: I mean, we're talking about tight isolation. It's disney world it's not a tiny little space like they said they're gonna be able to golf there are golf courses right it's an entire resort we're not talking about 10 miles by 10 miles or something like that it's a giant place i'm not i'm not concerned about that
0: you're not concerned about that alex what about you
1: i think there is gonna be some cabin fever uh you're starting what if you start end of july and supposed to go all the way until october and I, there's no families going, right? You're just away from your families and your friends for the most part. I think that will get re- pretty repetitive day in and day out, um, just playing golf, playing video games, just doing the same thing, seeing the same people for that Ping long. Pop. I'm Ping pretty pong.
2: sure I read that they're allowed, their families are allowed to show up uh, for teams that advance past the first round.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So then maybe it'll take off the edge, but I, I still see it just being like, if you're just down there, because I don't see the. I don't know, maybe your families want to go back if you're just left by yourself.
0: What if you uh, ain't a golfer?
1: Oh that sucks. <laughs> I'm not a golfer.
0: I feel like there's
2: probably things to do other than just golf.
0: I don't know. It's Disney World with nothing going on there. It'd be kind of <laughs> creepy walking down Magic Kingdom and just nothing. Like that's I expect get... some
2: really good photo ops out of deserted Disneyland though. I expect it's like... to see some interesting
0: Instagram posts. It's the beginning of a zombie video game. Like, that's first level right there. Like, you're going to have to be, like, pulling stuff out of garbage cans there. Just, like, glow sticks. That's your weapons at the time. Be crazy stuff. Um, Okay, Alex, uh, you're next for this question, starting up. Which player would be the most significant to get COVID? Which player would be, yeah, the biggest one?
1: Biggest one? Yeah. I have to say LeBron James. LeBron? <laughs> yeah, has to be LeBron James. If you don't have LeBron James for the Lakers, that is, I don't know if Anthony Davis can just last that long. He has just known for being injury prone. If he goes down that hole, if you don't have LeBron, the uh, team just falls down.
2: Yeah, I agree. Anthony Davis doesn't have that thing LeBron has where he can put a team on his shoulders and, and will them to win if they lose big pieces or if they're... Not playing well like we see, we saw him do in Cleveland. No, I would argue that nobody else in the league has that that thing right now. If the Lakers lose LeBron, it's yeah, it's good. it's no other That's, team suffers from losing a single player. I think. More
1: than I would say he's the runner up, just because yeah. Milwaukee. That would be pretty—I feel like them, they run on a system. Like, it all goes through Giannis. It's Giannis attacking the paint and kick it out, or they start hitting threes, and then he's able to go attack. And if you don't have that, I don't know what you do with the Bucks at that point. They'd, he'd be the runner-up, though. LeBron, just because of the Lakers' depth and the way that team was constructed, it's just tough for the Lakers to actually overcome, like, a loss of LeBron James because he does everything. He's your rebounder. He's your passer. He's a, he's effectively playing point guard, even though you have, he's like, Rondo. Yeah, he's coaching. He's doing everything on the court. It's I feel like Budenholzer. If you lost Giannis, he'd do something to like make up for it. Just because we saw what the Atlanta Hawks could do while he was there, and it was like some somewhat of like an organized system. And I feel like if you lose Giannis, they have maybe some system they can use in place to keep it competitive. At Lakers, I just don't. Know, I don't think it.
0: LeBron is the. Yeah, exactly. In the Lakers. Okay, last question, Alex. I'll start with you since it's the last question of the day. Who would win in a matchup? NBA mascots or Disney mascots?
1: Oh my god, I would have to go NBA mascots. NBA mascot. Uh, who who's the? Uh, give me Benny the Bull. He'd take out somebody. He'd just clown on somebody first, and then give me the um, the Miami Heat mascot. I forget what their name, but I feel like they they'd come in, do some crazy dance, and then just white just like pull the rug out of uh, like Mickey Mouse or like Goofy without even seeing it coming.
0: Okay. Jade, who'd you who'd you win? NBA or Disney?
2: So, oh, my thing is is our Disney mascots have like the same abilities they have in Disney movies?
0: Because okay. that's important. Picture, picture it. <laughs> Disney mascots similar talent. Both of the talent, both mascots have the talent of the um, Looney tunes Okay,
2: <laughs> so they can do some crazy, a little bit of crazy stuff. Um, I'm going to give it to the Disney mascots. Whose point? For a specific reason. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, do any of you guys know how tall Goofy is?
0: Six seven.
2: Nope. Do you want to guess, Alex? 6'7".
1: Like 7 feet tall.
2: <laughs> Goofy's over 8 feet tall.
1: That's get amazing.
2: out! And I know this because one of our writers, uh, one of our new writers, Josh, did a an article for Belly Up this week on what's... Uh, free agents should teams be drafting that are Disney characters. So he broke them down. So thanks, Josh. I wasn't, didn't know I was going to get to use this. I love the article, and now I got to use it on the podcast. So that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Goofy's eight feet tall. Uh, Peter Pan can fly. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to put it in terms of like Space Jam and what the Looney Tunes could do, I don't know. I think the Disney mascots have a shot.
0: Who's the three-point shooter?
2: Uh, who was? He had someone. Oh, Robin Hood.
0: That's what I was just thinking. I was like, <laughs> okay, what was that?
1: I was gonna say, I was gonna say, give me the bucks, give me the bucks mascot. They'll lock anybody up. He's athletic.
0: <laughs> there we go. So we got Disney, and we got also the NBA. Also, one more thing I actually forgot to mention uh, is, what do you guys feel about how the league is letting the players switch out their names on the back of their jerseys with yeah. um, social Phrases, social justice phrases.
2: I think it's awesome. I mean, we already know who they are. (laughs) We don't need to see their names. So let them use it for let them use it for something else.
1: Do you like the idea, Alex? I love the idea. Bring awareness. I mean, I like, as Jay said, we already know who they all are. This isn't football where like you got masks and like some guy on the on the bench that you never met before who probably gets paid five hundred thousand dollars is now coming in. Like we know pretty much everyone on each and every team at this point so support the cause support the movement i love it
0: doing the thing that Jade and i we spoke about the other week i was saying how i was afraid that uh the nba was going to push aside the issue instead they are now embracing it and giving the players still the opportunity to speak out without having to necessarily go out but yeah So I just forgot about that. I really wanted to mention that because I was a real big fan of the um, idea by the NBA, and I just wanted to hear your guys' takes on it. So those are the fast break. Those are the things I was thinking about talking about today. Any other things you guys want to mention this week? Anything else you want to plug with it? Jade, we got a new Facebook page. Is that right? We got Facebook. I
2: am in the process of getting all of our back episodes uploaded on YouTube. So, if that's your go-to for music and podcasts, which I know it is for a lot of people, uh, shortly we're going to have everything up there for you. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, but for F's sakes, it takes a long time to turn those audios into videos. <laughs> so, I'm working on that. Um, also, remember to tune in to Hardcore Honeys Presents Hashtag Twitter every week at 7 p.m. on Facebook thursday that's eastern time you might end up as a guest on the podcast because you watched the show or you commented or we used one of your tweets that's how things can go so make sure you check us out and yeah we're, we're trying to get reach you in as many ways as we can and make it as easy as possible
0: perfect perfect okay well we got our bits in getting ready for the playoffs i bid you guys a farewell and jade i will see you thursday talking chatting, and having fun alex Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you both for having me on. It was great. Awesome. Well, peace out, honeys and hunks.